This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. All the background noise you hear is here at the Boatyard Bar and Grill, and I am really happy that I'm able to finally get in because I think I am so impressed with Dick Franio, who is sitting across the table from me, that has been able to really uh, thrive as much as you can thrive during a COVID situation. Uh, I've tried to come here several times, and it's like, yeah, it's a 45, 50-minute wait, and usually that's like 7.30 at night, and my my stomach's going to be really rumbling by 8.30. So it's, it's fantastic to see... How you've bounced, I wouldn't say back, but bounced during this COVID situation and, you know, made the best of a bad situation. And you were also the co-chair or the chair of the city's task force for small businesses to get support to the small businesses, which was so critical when this really first broke. And we wanted to touch base with you and find out, you know, sort of take the temperature of the business community here. I mean, you are a business leader uh, in the community for you're like what 15 years now on the boat 19th yard? 19th wow yeah. um you know a, a great actually entering our 20th right now congratulations thank you big party uh, we'll next see here if we can even do one we'll see <laughs> we will see but uh great supporter of the chesapeake bay i mean i know that you have uh, you know with the bands in the sand you're always a sponsor there and you've got the uh, Naples maritime museum and i don't think we could have asked for a better uh ambassador for the business community than Dick Branio and the Boatyard here in Eastport. But what I want to do is I want to talk with you and let's see if we can get Stephen Rice, who is the city's economic development manager. Um, he was the coordinating end of this from your task force to sort of pull this all together in from on the city end, right? Right, right. <clears throat> and she was an excellent partner and, uh, you know, good for Gavin, you know, who's a businessman who <clears throat> for were saying that we needed this and, uh, so he, Gavin asked me to do it and, of course, work with uh, Steve. And uh, it was a great team. And, uh, you know, I, I know Steve knows, I think, the, the world of him. And uh, I think we got some really good stuff done. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's grab him on the phone. I think that, um, you know, we are here, fortunately, in person, uh, which is wonderful. I love to get out and see somebody as opposed to the Zoom calls. But Steve is uh, back at home. So we're going to grab him on the phone and see what um, we'll bring him in on the conversation. Let's do it. Hello. Hey, Stephen. It's John Fernay. How are you? Hi, John. How are you? Good. We've got Dick on the line as well. Hello, Steve. Hi, Dick. And we just sat down here for lunch without you, so you're oh. missing. You're you're losing. <laughs> well, send me the bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll drop it off on my way out of here. It's what one one forty gorms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make sure uh, uh, Sally Nash gets it. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Well, joining us on the phone is Stephen Rice, who is the Economic Development Manager for the City of Annapolis. You are a gentleman that was hired not too far in advance of this whole COVID thing, so you were kind of quickly thrown into the fire, weren't you? Uh, Absolutely. What we wanted to do is really sort of discuss between Dick and yourself and sort of take the temperature of businesses in Annapolis and what we may have to look forward to or not look forward to and everything else, but the main thing that you guys have done or one of the first things that you did was uh, the mayor said, hey, we need to save our businesses. The businesses are the lifeblood of it and whether it, you know, without businesses, the tourists aren't here. Without the, you know, it's all intermixed. I keep saying it's like a game of whack-a-mole where you hit down three things and then another gopher pops up in the corner that you've got to whack that down. But 
you guys started a small business task force here for the city of Annapolis, and you were the liaison, if you will, for the city, and Dick was the liaison for, I guess, the business community. But, Stephen, what exactly was the task force tasked with? Well, the, I'll say that the biggest thing we were tasked with was uh, coming up with um, some immediate help to help stop the bleeding and to provide some immediate assistance to small businesses. Uh, and then the, the other thing that we were really tasked with was coming up with some recommendations uh, that had a more medium or, or long-term impact to uh, help the businesses going forward. So. The, the challenge, of course, we, we still don't know how long this COVID-19 uh, economy is going to last uh, and when we'll get back to normal. And we're not sure what normal is going to look like. But those are the, the, the two, I'd say, um, uh, most important prong of, of our charge. And, uh, you know, we, we can go into, you know, more specifics, but that's I think that's it in, in a nutshell. What came out of the task force then, I guess, at this point? Obviously, I know that when I drive up Main Street or I drive down Maryland Avenue or down on 4th Street in Eastport, I mean, you see the barriers up there. You've got the recovery zones, which I can make the argument for is a really not a great marketing name, but that's okay. It's, uh, it serves its purpose. Um, but what, what all came out of the task force when you were, you know, finally able to breathe? So what we did, just, to, just you know, real quick, John, we, we uh, surveyed... We had two citywide surveys to check the temperature of the business community and to try to get a sense of what their challenges were and where we might be able to help. Um, we also, over the course of our work, engaged uh, over 500 businesses. And the task, the task force was made up of, of 50 members who served on 10 committees and subcommittees. Um, but what we produced... Uh, we produced a number of uh, best practice guidelines for various industries. And these are, you know, more specifically uh, COVID-19 economy best practices, not, you know, prior to COVID. Uh, so we were producing something that was kind of relevant. We also um, uh, suggested 83 different recommendations Um Many of the recommendations were for the city. Some of the recommendations were actually for the business community uh, itself to, to you know, uh, implement that would make themselves more resilient. And between our, um, our you know, contracted uh, business counselor and the uh, business advisory committee that we uh, set up, we had 66 businesses that received uh, direct counseling business counseling services. So um, as far as, you know, kind of stopping the bleeding and, you know, making sure that we try to uh, arrest any sort of potential decline, that's that was the, you know, the part of that was the, the survey that informed our recommendations and let us know what we needed to do. Uh, and then part of it was, you know, providing some immediate business counseling. The other thing that, that we did was, we rolled out of, uh, I believe it was eight separate uh, websites with various resources and links and information um, to keep the small business community informed. Uh, and, you know, it covered the gamut from, uh, you know, federal programs to state programs to, um, you know, other initiatives that, you know, w would be value added. So 
we, we did produce a lot at, at this juncture. We have uh, implemented about 52% of those recommendations. Uh, the biggest recommendation uh, was the creation of the recovery zones. Right. And uh, the recovery zones are, are what you definitely see uh, going up Main Street. And um, they have been a, a, a lifeline to a lot of our, our, our restaurants and retailers. Uh, during this time. Mm. Well, this whole task force had to be a, a true lifeline to some of the businesses. And I mean, I've been around town a lot, and I know that in good times, there are some businesses that don't, I wouldn't say don't deserve, but they, they really struggle to stay in business because they're maybe they're just not good business people. Right. And you look at, you know, some people that operate on such a shoestring that, boy, this hit, it had to be such a, a whammy. It sure was. <clears throat> One of the things that I was proud of that Steve and I both were was um, <clears throat> something that I think never been done before is um, we would have these calls and um, we would have a Zoom call and we would have um, like the food service people, you know, my peers. And uh, one call uh, was Steve, what did we have, 91 or 100 uh, people yeah, on I the phone? Yeah, I think it got to 96 or something 96, like that. So pretty, pretty people in, 96 people in my business you know who i compete with and you know talk, you know sure. somewhat um but it was a time when everyone said compete speak we need to work as a team and find out how we're going to make it through and i had people call after these calls and they said you know i've never seen this before where all of us get on the line on a zoom call and compare notes and ideas and thoughts as to how we're going to get through this um, as an you know, uh, industry. And we did a, a retail one, similar one. We had some you know, experts on the line to talk about you know, stocking and things like that, right. moving outside and how you can do it. And then we had a, a lodging one, similar, uh, had our uh, statewide industry head you know, come in and talk about it. And I think uh, I really got lots of positive uh, feedback saying, you know, good for you all for getting us out and sharing thoughts. Well, something that I had heard from several businesses that did participate in this, both in all the different aspects of this, was that this was a, you know, well, pardon the language, but a, a no bullshit task force, okay? I mean, there was information that was given out, and it may not have been good information, it probably wasn't, and but it was real information, and it was actionable, is what the feedback that I received as not being part of it, um, which really sort of speaks well to it, that it was like, okay, hey, we are in this together. And I look at different things around town, the whole market space, that was just sort of like a disjointed you know, okay, I'm competing against Middletons and O'Briens and McGarvey's, and we're all these little fighting things, but this coerced them. Coerced? That's not the word, but coalesced them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're working together, like the West Street merchants had done. Um, and I think that, you know, that's largely due to the work of, of this task force. Yeah, I would just say that when Steve and I started out, and... Um, you know, I agreed to do it, and of course Steve was tasked with it. Um, we had a call, and we, we both said, okay, if we're going to do this, we got to do a lot of concrete things. And the downside of ever being on a task force is a month goes by, and people say, what have you done? You know, you're just sitting around <laughs> ta talking. So we said, okay, if we're going to do this as a team, 
we're going to put a lot of concrete things and get them done. We're going to put them down and we're going to get them done. So people at the end of the day say, they, you know, they really helped us. They, they really did. And I will say, I know that I heard you, Dick, say at one point that, at least in the restaurant world, that just projecting moving forward in through COVID, that you could expect as a restaurant owner or operator anywhere between 25 and 40 percent of what your prior year's revenue was. Is that correct? Or am I, um, am I getting that close? Yeah, we're, <clears throat> we're actually doing a bit better than that because, you know, the weather's been good and we have a large tent. Right. Um, I think um, I think my guess is overall people are down ten to fifty uh, a percent, depending upon where you are, what your business is, and um, and of course we're not there yet because it's going to get cold. So now we're all scrambling, saying, "Well, what do we do?" Because if you use the six foot rule in inside, we probably have fifty percent of the table seats. And then, of course, really, there's not anyone at the bar, so to speak. So you're probably losing a lot of people there. So my guess is we're probably at 40% of the people you would have inside. Mm -hmm. So you need to have something outside and good for the state and the county and the city to allow us to, to do that. But now it's going to get cold, so we have to figure out that. And the other thing I would say is the city... Steve and, and, you know, the mayor and his his team, overall, they were so good at working with us and trying to move outside. And they just didn't say willy-nilly, just do whatever you wanted to. They actually had rules, and we had to put in a permit to, to, to do it, put in for a, a permit, but they turned around in a, in a day. So they were great. They didn't let us just do anything but... But but they really helped us get it up fast, which was great. Well, I think another thing, too, that makes it a little bit easier in that we are a subdivision, if you will, of Anne Arundel County, that County Executive Pittman was dealing with more of the day-to-day, okay, how do we deal with the health? How do we deal with managing what's going to be open and closed? And I know the mayor can obviously go against him, but, I mean, that's that allowed the mayor and the city to focus on the business. I mean, you know, the central business locations in Anne Arundel County are here, Glen Burnie, and Hanover. Um, and Hanover tends to have the right. big, you know, the big bucks, the deep pockets, the casinos, and the malls that can figure it out. Glen Burnie is probably struggling a little bit. I don't know too well. Um, but I think that that really sort of helped us here. What do you guys, you, you talked about winter, Dick. What do you, and, and Stephen, you probably have some insight on this. What is the forecast for the winter? Yeah, why don't Steve you go first and you give a, and then I'll talk about our business and others around here. Sure. Uh, so we are, you know, uh, uh, concerned about the the winter and uh, the, the cold weather and its impact on the businesses. And so, um, specifically, what what we're looking at doing and, and what we've rolled out recently is a, a winterization effort in. We have done a number of things. Number one, we, we put out some, well, well, we let the businesses know that uh, they could winterize their, their tents. And this is primarily restaurants and retail. And we also put out some guidelines or some guidance on that winterization process that covers the tents and the heaters that would allow the outdoor experience to continue. And so... It's a. It's really a balancing act because uh, you know we, we've 
pulled in different uh, assets, you know, across the city. And we've been trying to balance uh, health concerns, safety concerns, uh, comfort, and commerce. And from the health standpoint, of course, number one, the issue is COVID. Uh, and then, you know, uh, uh, another issue potentially is carbon monoxide, which could be emanated from uh, a heater, depending on the kind of heater that you have within a tent. And then the other, you know, from a, a safety standpoint, looking at, you know, fire, uh, fire hazards and accessibility, um, not only for, you know, people to go up and down the street, but also uh, accessibility of the fire department to these locations and to the restaurant uh, if, if indeed they need to get there for some sort of you know, public safety reason. And then, of course, you know, comfort, comfort being the comfort of the patrons uh, who would be participating in this dining experience and, you know, commerce is the operation of the restaurants. So uh, I, I think we've done a, an excellent job in coming up with a balanced approach. Uh, another thing that the, the mayor has done, uh, he actually has reached out to the governor and asked for some some funding that could possibly help pay for you know this winterization uh, initiative and you know through a, a grant program or something like that to try to provide some resources you know to these uh, restaurants, of course that and retailers that uh, uh, we know have been negatively impacted by COVID. And so that's that's kind of the plan. We're, we're looking to uh, manage this winter winterization uh, effort through, I would say, March of next year, um, through the entire, you know, uh, length of the cold, cold winter months uh, and into the spring so that we provide as much opportunity as possible uh, for these restaurants and retailers to to survive. Yeah, well, my fingers are crossed for a very mild winter this year. That's for sure. But it's, um, I mean, and as you mentioned, Dick, you you're fortunate in that you have a, a what was a parking lot for what twenty cars or something like that. That's now a, di- a dining venue for probably fifty right. people. Right. Uh, our goal is to try to keep every all of our staff on because you know at the end of the day, it, you know, my, my business is important, but you know we really live and die by the people that work here and. Uh, we just want to be able to get through this period and keep everyone on pay- payroll. So it, it's all about them, really. Well, there were certain, there was a lot of lifelines that were thrown out. Obviously, the task force is a, is a great one with for information and, and actionable items to be able to do. But the county turned around and did through their economic development court. They had the uh, protection grants that were out up to ten thousand dollars. Of course, you had the PPP, which was uh, you know. A nightmare or a, uh, a godsend, which way, one way you look at it or both. And, uh, you know, you had the other different loans that were available. And I think that, um, you know, businesses really needed to do that. Now, Stephen, do you think that you know, there are some businesses, like I say, that are struggle and they don't, you know, maybe they don't, shouldn't be in business. Um, how do you determine whether a business is going to be able to survive something like this? Is there a way to do do that you know uh the the market forces uh pretty much do that for us but what we we try to uh essentially help any any and all businesses that that we can and a lot of what we end up doing is you know connecting uh, businesses to resources or providing them with uh, information that maybe they don't have that they could uh, help them in their 
uh, and their efforts to, to survive and thrive. Um, we're very uh, empathetic to the, the plight of the business owner right now, and we know that there's a lot of pain out there. Uh, so we, we try not to uh, pick favorites. We just try to serve as a resource and a, a conduit to additional resources and information that might help. I know one of the things that Steve and his team has, has done is, you know, rumors around that so-and-so may be uh, uh, struggling. And I, I would hear one, I would say, Steve, I just heard that so-and-so, you know, may not make it. And, and Steve would say, yep, we heard it and we've already reached out. So they're really looking and keeping their eyes and ears open and then calling people and say, is there anything that we can do to help? I had heard somebody, and I don't remember who it was, it probably was the mayor speaking the other day, who said, and, and I was like, okay, I jotted this down, I need to check this out if this is true or not. But he said that we had not lost a single restaurant in the city of Annapolis since this thing whole really started. And I was like, really? And I, mean, I know the town center has lost a couple and, and whatnot, but then I was like, okay, in the city, I don't think there really has been. I, I mean, think that's right. I mean, there were some that Fingers were closed, crossed, obviously, yeah. for a while. I mean, I'm sure yeah. you closed for a week or whatever it was and figure out how to do it. But it was, um, and that that's impressive. And that really does speak to, you know, the efforts of every single business that's in this town, including, you know, Dick, you and the boatyard here, as well as what the task force, Stephen, the city, and everybody has come together to do that. The only thing I would add there is, you know, we have been blessed with actually a pretty nice summer, you know, not too hot, and we could use outside downtown and Eastport and everywhere, um, you know, all the various wards around town. And um, But now, you know, I would just say to anyone who listens is, uh, you know, winter is coming. It's going to be tougher on us. So uh, hopefully people will go out and, visit your favorite watering hole or dining uh, establishment. Well, I, I will say that I know when this first hit, the big push was like, go buy a gift card now to give some cash flow to the businesses and then use it later. And that was a, that was a big mantra that was all over the nation. And I think at this point, we look, at, look around Annapolis and we can see, hey, these restaurants are here. They've, they've survived. They've, this is, you know, arguably probably the worst of it because it came on now. I mean, if we've got a surge coming, we've got a, we've sort of got a playbook to figure out how to deal with this, but it's not going to take us by surprise. Is that something that, that you recommend? I mean, obviously people may be a little bit more hesitant to dine or to shop during the winter. Do you guys feel that it would make sense to go support doing business or uh, gift cards or gift certificates well, and then look in the spring or summer? Sure. Well, gift cards help and also carryouts have been a huge part of all of our business. So, um, you know, you call in and order some food and come by. It's, it's been a you know, much larger part of everyone's in the food service business in the last you know, period over this COVID period. And uh, so that helps, too. To add to that, we, we uh, definitely encourage uh, Annapolitans and everyone in the Annapolis area to eat, shop, and stay local. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's definitely a big, um, for, because of, of seasonality and what happens in the winter, you know, typically uh, we do have a fall off in, you know, day, trip, day trippers and, uh, you know, tourists and, and that sort of thing. So it's even more important for, um, you know, local residents to support their local businesses. And, you know, given this, you know, COVID economy, that drop off will probably be 
uh, or maybe even more acute. So it's, it, it just makes it even that much more important for uh, local residents to, to eat, shop, and stay local. Right. And I, I would just add that except for the period when we were closed, we could only do um, the carryout, which was a period of weeks. Um, I think, you know, the worst really could be coming up when it gets cold. Um because so much, so much of our business everywhere, downtown here, everywhere has been out, outside. Where, um, so we're going to have to get through this. Because it's going to be hard to exist on just the uh, seats that we have in, inside with the um, uh, spacing that we... And then you throw in the, the virus to, right. boot, to boot as well. I mean, the exactly. United States seems to be surging a little bit. And Maryland seems to be holding it in check. But I know... Uh, this thing doesn't really deal with borders too much. It's just it's going to come over. It's going to come exactly. over. So we need to figure that out. So yeah, we got to get through March, as uh, Steve said. And we again, we want to keep all of our people on because they got bills to pay and rent to pay, food to buy, and and you know the um, the unemployment, the big unemployment uh, uh, checks, you know, aren't aren't what they were, right? No, they're not. And uh, you know, the fiasco in getting unemployment was a you know a problem with the state as well, and uh, that was. I know more people that had issues with that. And I don't envy you being a business owner with employees. When I had employees, that was always weighed so heavy on your mind. It's like, okay, I'm, yes, I've got to support myself. But you know what? I've got, I didn't have nearly the many as you, but I have 15 people that are relying on me to put, you know, a turkey on their table at Thanksgiving. And that's just something that you, um, you know, really weighs hard on every single business owner um, that has that. It does, and for some reason, a lot of these businesses have a very high percentage of single parents. So the the people working here and everywhere else are really the the person putting the food on the, the table. Is that a, is that a high percentage in in Annapolis? You, th- you thought this, that single parent um, employees? I think in the food service business, it just lends itself to that. Okay. Um, you know, I can't speak for the lodging or retail or others, but I know in our business it just lends itself because of the hours. You know, people can um, put together a schedule where they can take care of their children uh, by working days or working uh, nights. nights or working weekends or weekdays. Mm-hmm. They can, you know, we work with them in crafting something that works for them. But the most important thing is we got to keep them here and so they can make money. Absolutely. Well, what are the what are the tips that both of you guys would offer to a business here to survive, perhaps thrive during the coming months that we're looking forward to, and you know, going through the winter and the spring? Uh, a couple of things. Um, we have a, uh, a small business hub that we put together. Um, it's if anyone goes to comeback.annapolis.gov. Patrons and customers can go there to find businesses, but businesses can go there uh, to sign up to be part of this, this hub. And it's a it's a you know GPS geolocation kind of tool that uh, essentially will help people find you. It's a free tool, so we're encouraging um, you know local businesses to sign, register and provide their information uh, just to make themselves you know a little bit more visible in. Speaking of visibility, um, businesses that have, prior to COVID, had a, a strong online presence and uh, an e-commerce platform or maybe some, you know, a virtual kind of shopping experience have, by and large, done better than uh, businesses that did not have that kind of technical 
um, present, an online presence. So we've been encouraging businesses to make sure that they are online and to make themselves as, as accessible as possible uh, to their customers and existing and, and, and new customers. Those are probably the two biggest things. Oh, let, let me say this too. So for, for retailers, we're, we're making plans and preparations for Midnight Madness. Uh, we want to see a, a strong holiday push that's local. Um, we'll probably be doing some things a little bit different this year to make it uh, easier for uh, retailers uh, to be successful. And uh, you know, I think there are some good things you know, in store. So uh, I just want to spend you know, just a, a, a second or so talking about uh, uh, retailers. And uh, another thing, too, that I, we haven't really touched on, but I, I did want to share, uh, most of the indications that I'm getting is that you know, Maritime is doing pretty well. And a lot of people are out buying boats and going boating and yachting and that sort of thing. Uh, and so that's a, a, a shining uh, a shining spot in this, this recovery because maritime is so important to the Annapolis community. And I think the, the driver for this is, is the fact that if, you, if you're out on the water, it's a socially distant recreational activity. And so uh, presumably that's what's behind it. But uh, we are happy to see those, uh, uh, that, that positive uh, impact. I, I haven't bought my yacht yet, so <laughs> you can't buy it. They're go, they're all gone. They're, they're sold out. Sort you know, of like only, a bicycle. <laughs> the only thing I would add is, um, you know, we're gonna, again we're going to be figuring out how to deal with the cold uh, weather coming, and so I think everyone in our business has to figure out how to configure yourself that you can do that. And um, I know that the city has been wonderful you know when we came into the summer months uh but they will do the same here in the winter months is they really worked with us in helping try to figure out how to solve it you know the it wasn't like we versus they you know we needed something and they they were trying to you know tell us how we couldn't do it they were really really trying to help us out trying to figure out how you can do it and and that's was a wonderful thing. I know they'll continue to, to do that. And then, you know, I think the carryout is is big because a lot of people still don't like coming out. Um, so make sure, as um, uh, Steve said, make sure it's easy to either do it online or phone in or make it easy and safe. They feel they're coming in and, and, and it's safe to carry the food out. Well, on the carryout, Dick, do you think the carryout is, I mean, okay, you probably sent home three or four doggy bags a night pre-COVID or whatever it may be, and now you're probably doing it, it's 200. It's huge. Um, is that here are, to stay? Well, I think it's here to stay as long as the virus is here. Um, I think people will come back out once they feel safe, and I can't tell you when that's going to be. But um, I think that... Um, I mean, we've had to shut it off. I mean, other places do too. You, you know, if you're if you're on a Friday night and um, you know you, you've got a place that's reasonably full or full, and, and all of a sudden the phones are ringing. At some point, you say, "We got we, we got to stop. We we got to stop it for 15 minutes." And I know a lot of other places have too. And uh, that's um, got to kill you. Yeah, it is. That's... But you know, you have to make sure that you know the product's good. And uh, yeah. but we've had to retrain people because. Carryout's a different business. Um, when the volume, when you're doing the volumes that we are, 
you know, they leave and they're taking the food home. It, it's got to be exactly right because if you serve it to a table and you get something a little bit wrong, you can hurry up and get it right. Well, when they get home, then, then it's a problem. It's a problem. Well, that's one thing that I've noticed is that the restaurants in general have figured out carry out. I mean, it's not no. It's not just throwing the slop in a anti, or a former styrofoam right. container and sending right. it out the door. Right. And consumers have realized that I can get a quality meal at the boatyard. I can get it at Ruth's yeah. Chris or Lunas's sure. or wherever it is, and get home and eat it. And the only thing that really is missing is certainly the ambiance of being there, and the service. Uh, the food quality is is there, and I think that that's really sort of an, another way that both the consumer and the businesses have pivoted. They figured out how to deliver that product to take home. Well, I think we've figured out, too, which which uh, menu items travel well and which don't. So when, when we get a call and they order, for, they order something that we just know is going to be delicious right now, but in 30 minutes might not be, and so okay. we will just tell them, you know, we don't recommend that. It just doesn't travel well. Smart. So we're learning all these things. So they're new, new, new skills. Well, there is more to learn. Uh, we're learning more and more about this COVID virus and dealing with it on a nationwide level, on a state level, on a county level, and certainly down here on a city level. And uh, even micro down here at the Boatyard Bar and Grill, you're learning every single day. There's always something else that you get. Stephen, man, you've had a baptism by fire uh, coming <laughs> coming into this. <laughs> And uh, you've done a, a wonderful job. And, you know, what's what's on the agenda for 2021 for you? Well, you, you know what? I, I really appreciate that, John. I, I do have to give uh, some kudos to the mayor for holding the city's feet to the fire and for, you know, pushing us to, to you know, do everything within our power to support businesses. But I, I will say this. I, Annapolis is an excellent uh, in a wonderful uh, city and town. And I think that the the sky is pretty bright for Annapolis. We have a, a 5G uh, rollout that is, you know, will come into fruition uh, in, the, in the near future. Uh, the quality of life in Annapolis is wonderful. Uh, there's access to the water, which is always an attraction. Uh, we have, you know, wonderful anchor institutions and the Naval Academy. Uh, St. John's and the, uh, the state house, the state government. We have a very well-educated population, and we have wonderful amenities with our, our you know, restaurants, our, our retail establishments, and you know, recreational activities. So Annapolis has all of the components for uh, success, and so I, I know that we'll be we're going to come out of this, uh, you know, maybe a little bloody, but but with our head held high. And I think the future is very bright. That's good to hear. And, you know, I, I will say that it's very encouraging and it's very refreshing to see an administration support the businesses like like this this one has. And before, I, I've been a longtime lobbyist to have a business seat on the council. Maybe it's not voting because a lot of the business owners don't live within the city. Just to have a voice on the council would be so important and I, you know, from in years past, it always seemed like, well, it doesn't matter what the businesses do as long as we get our tax money, and and that was just the absolute worst attitude to have as far as administration goes. And it's very refreshing. And I know Gavin's got his background in business and certainly restauranting. And but, we and we have uh, Steve looking after us. Yeah, and and it's it's, it's <laughs> thank you, Steve. It, with, with, with without Thank a doubt, you. and um, 
you know, as you said, 500 plus businesses that joined in on the task force. Um, thank you, and uh, you know, actually, I thank all the other business owners too because it was a joint effort to get where we are. Uh, I'm glad to hear that the future looks cloudy, but it's not horrible. Uh, you know, we may be battered and bruised on the way out of this. The thing is to support local. I mean, these are our neighbors. These are the people that we're passing in the grocery store. Uh, it's the guy that cuts you off on Chesapeake Avenue because the road's too darn narrow. I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know this, is, this is our community. This is our home. And this is what we, we need to keep it in order. Right. I, I just want uh, one last thanks, and I think you probably did this too, is, uh, you know, all the people that live around here, um, you know, being outside and, uh, you know, it's probably changed a couple things for them. And everyone has said, look, the businesses need to, to, to survive. So, uh, you know, if there's a tent outside and, and uh, you know, people walking from Boatyard down to, you know, Forward Brewing and now Davis Pub down on 4th Street, you know, it's okay because it's going to help them stay there. And so we also thank all the people, you know, neighbors here who live here who have said, you know, we're here to help. And we don't mind someone walking down the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway. Well, I think I think that it's if something good comes out of this is we'll see that the cooperation among businesses. And we saw that gel on West Street with the dinner under the stars and all the restaurants coming together on that. And, and we're seeing it in other parts of the city as well, which I think is just a, a great thing to be able to sit there and say, okay, you know, honestly, I can't eat at the boatyard seven nights a week. <laughs> so there's no reason for, you know, you know to not share, share that wealth there. Exactly. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully I think we're in a, in a good place. And um, I think you've done an outstanding job, Stephen. I think, uh, Dick, your leadership on the task force was phenomenal. And everybody get on to the comeback.annapolis.gov. Find out what it is. You can go to the city's economic development page. And you've got all those resources there. And, and there are plenty that are there. And I imagine as we go through a second surge of this, that there will be additional resources that will be coming available, whether it be through the county, the city, or the state, or the feds. You know, just keep your eyes and ears open for that as businesses and consumers get out there and support the local businesses. Amen. All righty, Stephen, thank you very much for joining us. Um, sorry you couldn't enjoy this great lunch, but, you know, hey, that's your, that's your loss. <laughs> Crab cakes. We'll, we'll send them over. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Take care, Stephen. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been a bonus podcast from Eye on Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.